the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Happy New Year. The homily this morning is about the vision of the eyes and the vision of the soul. The verse that I would like to focus on is this first verse from the epistle lesson this morning. Brethren, see to it that no one makes a prey of you by philosophy and empty deceit according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the universe, and not according to Christ. The main point that I would like to emphasize this morning is this, our eyes and our ears can deceive us, but a sound mind in a pure soul can defeat the prevailing philosophies of the day. A sound mind in a pure soul. Today, we celebrate not only the circumcision of our Lord Jesus Christ after eight days after his birth, but we also celebrate the life of St. Basil the Great, the Archbishop of Caesarea. He was born during the reign of Emperor Constantine in the fourth century. While he was still unbaptized, Basil spent 15 years in Athens where he studied philosophy, rhetoric, astronomy, all the other secular sciences of the time. His colleague at that, colleagues at that time were Gregory the Theologian and Julian, who was Constant, St. Constantine's nephew when he became emperor and he became apostate. You read other accounts of this. St. Gregory the theologian and St. Basil knew there was something desperately wrong with him when they were studying with him in school in Athens. And um, it manifested itself later. In his mature years, he was baptized in the Jordan River along with Eubulus, Eubulius, his former teacher. And he was bishop of Caesarea in Cappadocia for almost 10 years and completed his earthly life 50 years after his birth. How much more might he have contributed had he lived longer? 50 sounds kind of young to me. <laughs> and yet, St. Basil was not taken by the philosophy and rhetoric and astronomy and all the other secular sciences of that time, but rather he was taken in his mind, heart, and will with the truth of the Christian faith, the gospel of our Lord God and Savior Jesus Christ. That became his lens for everything else that he had learned. 
There's a story of of St. Anthony, and St. Athanasius writes this uh, life of St. Anthony, and there's a story in there that goes like this. Again, there were Greek philosophers, and they met St. Anthony in the outer mountain and thought to mock him because he had not learned letters. So, just to put it in modern language, he didn't have a college degree. So, they're going to they're going to go and visit him and mock him for that. And Anthony said to them, "What do you say? Which is first, the mind or letters? And which is the cause of which, the mind of letters or letters of the mind?" And when they answered, the mind is first, and then the inventor of the letters, Anthony said, whoever therefore has a sound mind has no need of letters. Which, produ which produced what? The sound mind. Pure mind produced the letters. This answer amazed both the bystanders and the philosophers, and they departed marveling that they had seen so much understanding in an ignorant man. <laughs> For his manners were not rough, as though he had been reared in the mountain and there grown old, but he was graceful and polite, and his speech was seasoned with the divine salt, so that no one was envious, but rather they all rejoiced over him who visited him. So let's come back to this verse again. Brethren, see to it that no one makes a prey of you by philosophy and empty deceit. <laughs> we get it, don't we? We get it. According to the human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the universe, and not according to Christ. We can easily be intimidated by the philosophies of the age. But in his commentary on this verse, St. Nikolai says this, Brethren, do not let philosophy enslave us, by which conjecture says that there is no eternal life, no resurrection from the dead. For we do not arrive at the truth through the conjecture of man, but by God's revelation. This is critically important for us because we might believe it and we might not. The truth, we do not arrive at the truth 
through the conjecture of men, but by God's revelation. God is the Lord and has revealed himself to us. We sing it all the time, don't we? In the communion, when chalice comes out, what do we say? What do we sing? Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. God is the Lord and has revealed himself to us. We have not come to him by our, our own conjecture. But he chose us. He revealed himself to us. If we, because of our sins, were to reject these, that we know the truth, we know from the truth which was itself revealed through Jesus Christ and which was communicated to us through the faithful and wise witnesses of the truth, the apostles and the saints. So this revelation came down to us through them. If we, because of our sins, were to reject these witnesses, who? the apostles and the saints, and accept the conjecture of humans, we would fall into the dark and bitter slavery of nature of the body to sin and to death. And then St. Nikolai, still speaking on this verse, speaks of the other world and the life after death. Brethren, let us not be deceived by empty myths of men. From men and according to men, as though another world does not exist, or if another world does exist, we, so to speak, don't know anything about it. Behold, we know with confidence that another world exists. We know this not from the conjectures or deceivers, from Jesus Christ himself who on Mount Tabor appeared to his disciples with Moses and Elijah, who had been dead for 2,000 years, but they weren't dead, who long ago departed this world and who himself appeared to many of his followers after his death. Jesus did. And then he speaks of, of modern science. And not that everything of modern science is bad. But we have to put it in perspective in a second place to the revelation of Jesus Christ. Brethren, let us not be led astray by worldly teaching which examines animals, plants, and stones and says that it has not found God among these things and from that arrogantly attests that there is no God. Do you remember when the Russian cosmonauts went up, went up and orbited the... Well, oh, hey, we didn't see God up there. <laughs> you know, so... Some of us are old enough to remember that. <laughs> we, we know that the Creator cannot be as a thing among other things 
be seen like that. But rather he is above all things and different from all things. We know this as much by spiritual understanding and conscience as well as by the obvious revelation of the Lord Jesus himself who appeared in the body of a man as the Lord of all created things as well as through the witnesses of the apostles and many of the other saints and men. Then in the same epistle lesson, in the next verse, St. Paul goes on to say, For in him the whole fullness of the Godhead dwells bodily. And St. Nikolai comments on this, Men whose hearts are hardened as stone and whose minds were darkened recognize objects around themselves only through their eyes. Such men in those days looked with their eyes and saw Jesus as a man, period. It was not given to them to know any more about him except what their physical eyes saw. We don't, some of us know there's a name for this, right? And it's a philosophy as well as a science. It's called empiricism. No man can speak the truth about the Lord who judges him only with the eyes. No one can speak the truth about Jesus who only observes him with the eyes. In order to see that which is hidden in him behind the physical veil, one must have a spiritual vision, which is the Spirit of God in one's heart. The spirit who draws back the veil and reveals the mysteries. Isn't that beautiful? What is spiritual vision? The Holy Spirit in the heart who draws back the veil and reveals the mysteries. I love that. I want that. Do you want that? I want it. I want the Holy Spirit to do that in my heart. So let me please ask you this question. Is the ultimate point of reference in my life, in this life, myself? Is the ultimate point of reference in this life, myself? My selfie. I am the center of the universe. I'm God. Is that all there is? Can I look beyond myself to an invisible reality of the kingdom of God, not of this world, to the one true God who is above all and beyond all social media or educational institutions? Above it all, beyond it all. Let us ask for the intercessions of the holy martyrs against the prevailing philosophies of the day. 
let us ask for their intercessions. I found this, I found this sessional hymn in the daily octoecos. My wife and I pray this every day, not only for ourselves, but for our children and for our grandchildren. Since thou hast given us the miracles of thy holy martyrs as an invincible battlement by their entreaties, scatter the counsels of the heathen, O Christ our God, and strengthen the faith of Orthodox Christians, since thou alone art good and the friend of men. I need an invincible battlement. Don't you? I need a fort. I need a fort around my heart. And I need someone else to scatter the counsel of the enemy. If I can't defeat the philosophy, I want somebody else to to scatter it in the minds of those who are hearing it. And I believe that the holy martyrs will do that if we ask them to do that. in ourselves, in those we love, in our children and our grandchildren. Our eyes and our ears can deceive us, but sound mind in a pure soul can defeat the prevailing philosophies of our day. O Lord Jesus Christ, our God, through the intercessions and the intervention of thy holy martyrs, both ancient and modern, scatter and destroy the vain philosophies, counsels, and empty deceits of those who attempt to rob us of our Christian faith. And strengthen us in our resolve to always and in every circumstance praise and worship thy precious name. May our mouths speak of thy wisdom and the meditations of our hearts be of thine understanding. For to thee are due all glory, honor, and worship to the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, now and ever and unto ages of ages. Amen.